Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 90. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Teresa Jen Lopatron. Teresa is a fitness cover model, an elementary school teacher, sponsored athlete, transformation success story, crossfitter, wife, and adventurer. She's committed to making an impact on as many lives as possible one day at a time. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We haven't um, chatted, and I don't know if we've ever come across each other and unless maybe at an Olympia a long time ago, but we've been in the fitness world forever, so it's amazing to connect. Definitely, and I think we will meet eventually. I, I know it. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and force you to do an obstacle course race with me now that I've seen on Instagram that you've tackled a Spartan. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm up for that. Um, okay, so what do you think of the definition of alpha female as it stands today, and how do you see yourself as one? Well, I personally feel that the definition for alpha female is a compliment. So if I were to receive that, which I think you've given that to me, I definitely feel appreciative of receiving that because for myself, I feel very fortunate to be a woman in today's time, and I also feel fortunate to be a teacher where I can connect with young females who aren't sure of their full potential or what's, you know, available to them in the world. So for me, it's important to be a role model in that aspect. And I think for me personally, being an alpha female, it's, it's interesting because a few years back I had a conversation with a friend and I was saying how grateful I was for my life and how things are. And she said to me something that really stuck. She said, that's called life design. You did this. Your life is this way because you designed it. And I think it was at that time that I really realized it's true. It was my ambition, you know, my intelligence, my drive, everything that came together that helped me get to where I am today and also staying true to myself. Um, but at the same time, giving back to the world and those people around me. But what I really learned as I became older was I'm unable to give to the people around me or anyone in the world unless I have my thoughts together and my spirit together. So it is important that I'm giving myself everything I need so that I can give back to the world. Mm, it's so true. And, um, 
you wouldn't actually know that you were a full-time teacher from your social media because you're such an amazing fitness role model and that's the value that you're giving to your community. But it's amazing to know that you're able to accomplish all these things and have a full-time teaching job. And that's where Alpha Female kind of came from. Like a coworker nicknames me that because I was working full-time and getting into a fitness journey and fitness competitions and all that jazz. Um, so it's awesome to see that you've structured your life, uh, but you're filling up your cup at the same time so that you do have all this energy to, uh, be around elementary kids, which I'm assuming is exhausting. Uh, we're recording, we're recording this in the summer. So like you're, you're on summer, you're on summertime, but I'm, I'm assuming it's exhausting being with elementary kids. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Robin, for sure it is. It's a very, um, it's an energy consuming job if you're doing it correctly. Um, kids are busy. They're curious. They want to learn. And in order to be there for them and give them that, it requires you to be present. So it's like you are all, all in when you are teaching. And I often do hear that from people that find out, oh, so what else do you do? And then I let them know that I, oh, well, I actually have a full time career. This is just, what I do on top of it, because it's something I'm very passionate about. And yes, it is, it is surprising, but so far so good. And the juggling act continues. Yeah. Well, it leads perfectly into the next question. I always ask my guests, what are, what are you most passionate about? So give us the laundry list. Um, so really the, the laundry list of what I'm most passionate about is truly living today. And I, I think that really sounds very general, but as I've aged and seen what other people have gone through, either it's been people that are my age or younger who have passed away due to, you know, unforeseen circumstances, or, you know, my young nephew who was diagnosed with cancer, and thankfully, he has beat cancer. These things that have passed through in and out of my life have been little moments of wake up. It's now, don't wait until later to start living. And so I'm really passionate about soaking up all of today and learning about myself, about the world, being able to give back and just trying to be better every day. Mm, I love that. Okay. So you said something really key and, um, I, th I think it's a term that's coming around and it fits perfectly into the theme of the podcast, which is work-life harmony. Whenever I have a guest come on and they're like, well, my work-life balance. I'm like, no, stop. We don't have balance on the show. Um, but it's true. Lifestyle design, life design, like that term is being thrown around and that is what work-life harmony is. It's, you know, you're setting your priorities and you're sticking to them and you're unapologetic about what you do every single day. So, um, what, let's maybe give us a picture of like, what does your work-life harmony look like during the school year and then during the summer? Okay. Um, I like how you said unapologetic about that. And I also think that's a lesson to be learned as well for me, as I got older, I realized it's okay to say no to other people. And especially if you're always putting your side yourself to the side. And I, I personally burnt myself out in previous years and which has led me now to creating that work-life harmony. So during the school year, what it, it looks like now is, um, you know, get up and have breakfast and coffee with my husband. 
and head off to work. And so I specialize in special education and resource. So I work with children um, in a small group, four to six kids usually. And we work on something literally um, literacy related. And so I see about six different groups a day. And, you know, we're always on the go. There's always something new to learn. And it's always a, a fun little group. And when work is done, um, I head home and I usually shortly after that, I, I meet my training partner for CrossFit, which has been an amazing compliment to my previous years of training solo. So not only am I meeting somebody, it's keeping me accountable to go and train. And what I really noticed this year, especially is during high work stress, I'm able to decompress and once I'm done working out and decompressing and laughing because my partner's hilarious and it's always good vibes, I'm able to go home and unwind, whether that's meeting someone maybe for a glass of wine or coffee or going out with my husband, catching a movie or going grocery shopping. It's just that peace of mind that I've done my stuff that I need to do for the day and walk away feeling accomplished, but also confident to continue on and repeat for the next day. That's awesome. Have you always been an evening worker outer or did that switch when you found CrossFit? That switched when I found CrossFit. And I think where the switch really happened is in the previous years when I was in the competing scene, I'm sure you know about yeah. do you, doing those two double sessions, <laughs> two days, which I don't know how I did it because today that doesn't really fly. Um, but I used to work out in the morning in the previous years. I used to wake up at 4.15, hit the gym before work, go to work, hit the gym after. I don't have time for that anymore. And that's a priority choice. And that adds to my work-life harmony. So it did make a shift where that sleep is valuable and having that coffee in the morning with my husband is valuable. And feeling at ease in the morning when I'm driving to work, you know, listening to music. That's also part of my like meditation period heading to work. So yeah, I I work out now after work and um, it's been an amazing compliment. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so let's get into, uh, because I think we'll have a lot to talk about here, but tell us when... Um, you may have subscribed to the terminology work-life balance and it felt out of whack. And did you have like an aha moment that taught you that you needed to change things or take better care of yourself? Or was it like a series of events? Yeah, so I would say all of that ties into, oh, 2012, 2013. And basically 2011, I did my first show. And it, it was successful. I had a good prep and then right to went right into preparing for the next one, the following, like, I don't know what it was, maybe 10 months. And it was for a good two years of go, 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 go. And 2013 rolls around. I never took an off season, a proper off season ever, never um, really reverse dieted also, um, was very newbie about everything. So. I was just trying to make it all work. And in 2013 was my first opportunity to compete at a pro level show because the year previous I received my pro card and I was determined to do it. I had been warned by some people in my life, Hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. You do know that you're getting married. 
you have a lot on your plate and that's very stressful, maybe you should postpone it. And well, you may not know this, but I am a stubborn person. I've become a little less stubborn due to experience over the years, but I was determined at that time to make it work. And I also always had this belief that if you go into the uncomfortable or lean into it and work through it, you'll come out learning something. And so I went for it. And that year I was prepping for the first um, pro show. I was moving into our new condo. Um, I was changing schools for my job. I was also planning a wedding shower and wedding in another province, which happens to be an Italian wedding and wedding shower. So we all know there's a difference. (laughs) Um, And everything combined was creating so much stress and as well as never really giving my mind or body a break for, you know, two plus years and leading up to the show, probably like the last six months leading up, like my body was not responding like it had responded in the past. Um, I was doing a lot of cardio, um, a lot of uh, weight training days, diet cuts, deficits. My body wasn't budging. The scale wasn't budging. And that was causing stress because I knew what I was putting in, but very confused on the lack of, of results. Did you ever get Did you ever get your blood tested during this time? I didn't until after I went through the show. Because I can, like, I'm hearing you talk. I'm like, I know for a fact that your cortisol was probably like off the charts. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. It, and it was, and and that was one of the things I ended up learning once the show was done. So I ended up, I ended up just going to take stage, which was three weeks after my wedding. I remember this. I remember. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very stressful, emotional time. And, you know, I knew that my physique wasn't stage pro card, you know, professional ready, but I was already so far in with my, you know, my bikini, my costumes, my registration, my trip to Vegas. I was just like, you know what? we're just going to do this. And I'm going to walk on stage and pretend that I have the physique that I wanted to bring, although it is not here. And, you know, it was a hard pill to swallow, but it's what I chose to do. And what walking out of that after that, I just, it was, that was the aha moment of, okay, you're done this now. This is not how I want to keep on living my life. And I think that's, and I try to push this message online because I think there's such a confusion, especially with new people walking in and seeing lean, uh, you know, ripped physiques. They think that person performs the best. That person is the healthiest and it's wrong, wrong, wrong. And we're torturing ourselves dieting and whatever else people are doing or over-exercising because we're trying to reach this optimal level of health that actually doesn't exist. And so from then on in, it was that moment where I realized we're, I'm not doing this. And I promised myself I was going to teach myself how to live again, live according to my authentic, authentic self and rules. I was going to get healthy, do everything for the right reason. And that's when I created the hashtag live life project. And if you look it up on Instagram, Maybe I think there's like over 600 posts now. And some of those are mine. And some people also have jumped on and they're doing their own live life projects, which is really cool to see. 
And it's just about living now and doing things now because we always think about these things that we want to do. Like I want to visit here or I want to experience this or I want to hike that mountain. And then all of a sudden you realize, Oh shoot, that was two years ago that I said I was going to do that. Well, we don't, we just don't know. And I hate to sound morbid, but the truth is like, I have no, you know, future prediction of how long I'm going to be here. And I really hope that I can live to a healthy 100. But I am not in control of that. So I just want to make sure I do as much as I can right now that fills my soul and makes me feel happy and healthy and in harmony. Mm, I love that. And it doesn't have to be like a massive, horribly negative aha moment. I love that it can be like you are still working towards a goal. You still achieved it. You still stepped on stage. You still went through your competition prep, but it didn't feel good to you. So um, like I, t- when I published my, my book last year, love lost life found my like massive aha moment to take better care of myself and rediscover the life that I, I wanted to live was calling off my wedding in 2012 and leaving a toxic relationship. So like, it's so, I, I sometimes hate telling my story because it's so, um, like it, it, it can appear bigger than it actually is. So I love having guests on the show that can share, like, I didn't have like a horrible health diagnosis or, you know, leave a bad relationship or, you know, get fired from a job or anything like massive kind of in terms of like, um, milestones that appear to be bigger than they are, but it's, it's nice. It's nice to hear that. It was just like, it was just this feeling inside of you that like, this is, this isn't what you were meant to do. Um, and you, and you were meant for something different. So I love that because, um, I, and I love, there are a ton of fitness girls that are listening to the show and I want to hug every single one of them. Um, but I know that like, they'll reach a point when they realize the same thing and they have to sometimes go through that. I've even had, you know, um, guests on the show that have gone on to do competitions and I'm just like, I'm just waiting for them to call me and be like, Hey, I, I now I understand what some of your other episodes were talking about when you like harp on the fitness competition world. I'm like, okay, but it's not, it's not my job to stand on a soapbox and preach even, even though I am like, I've had Rita um, Catalino on the show as well. Her and I competed, with WBFF we're backstage together. Um, what was it in 2011? Um, and now it's just like, we've realized that, you know, work-life harmony and having a life that we love is more than a subjective competition world. And so that's kind of my, my biggest passion in talking about previous fitness competition world is because it was it was unhealthy. And as I started delving into a health journey, like I actually started seeing a naturopath while I was training because I was, um, I was training with Elizabeth Lopez in Toronto and she's a very good proponent of taking care of yourself. And so I was learning how to supplement based on my blood work. Um, and I remember seeing a naturopath during the time and I remember her looking at me and saying, we need to get your cortisol down. And I was like, I don't know what that means. She's like, your stress hormone is through the roof. I'm like, well, I'm training really hard. Doesn't that like it, 
it doesn't cortisol spike when you train really hard. She's like, there, yeah. <laughs> she just kind of, she kind of looked at me and she's like, I know you need to figure this out on your own. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. She, yeah. And she was like, and your testosterone's really high. Like your hormones are out of whack. I'm like, uh-huh. That's because I'm lifting really heavy. Like we always, well, we always justify things. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it happens. Right. And the thing is, I think, if, um, if competing and doing that, if that is like making you feel so happy and energetic and full and healthy, go for it. But if it's not, I just really want women to stop and say, Hey, I don't need to do this to get recognized or validated or in a magazine publication. I don't need to do this, but if I want to do this and it's serving me, and it's not negatively affecting, or I should say, like, in a, in a really poor way, other people in my life, you know, then go for it. But again, you're right, there, there are, I know a lot of women that have had health complications. And it, it's, it is worth getting checked out. And I did, I went and saw a naturopath and yeah, my cortisol, everything was through the roof for way too long. So it was time to step back and start taking care of my system and doing things that felt right and learning about forgiveness, especially when you're a perfectionist. I grew up being a perfectionist and um, I'm much better now. I think I always saw it as um, like a plus. Yes, I'm a perfectionist. You know, you're in an interview and they're like, oh, well, what are your what are your downsides? Well, I'm a perfectionist. That's my downside. I don't stop. Well, then when you don't stop, it can run you in the ground. And I think it's important that women are taking care of their bodies and their minds. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's get into how you take care of yourself. Let's start with how do you nourish yourself? Well, uh, so I nourish myself in a variety of ways. The first obvious way that I think people can relate to the word nourish is through food. And so my, my, I like to nourish my body with food that is going to fuel me up. It's going to give me energy. It's, it's going to be contributing to my health, but I also like to have food that's going to feed my brain. And for me, it's important to go on a date with my husband and go out and order that burger or that fries or pizza or a glass of wine and not track because I don't want to live my whole life tracking. If I'm preparing for something, say for a photo shoot that's coming up or a photo uh, shoot video or some job that I'm hired for and I know how I need to present myself, I'm the one that's in control of accepting jobs, of course. So if someone said, come in stage ready, I'd probably be like, mm, that's okay, thanks. I don't need that job. But if it's a magazine, different story because when those images come out, it's relatable. So for me, I like to have that balance with food. And for me, that is nourishment. And that is feeling balanced in terms of uh, feeling nourished all around. Another way for me personally is, you know, it took a long, long while to figure this out. But I need people in my life who are going to positively impact my life. And that doesn't mean that you need to be, um, you know, the CEO of your company because you're that ambitious. It needs to be that you're an awesome, good person because that's who you are in your soul. And 
you're on my team and I'm on your team. And together we bring out the magic in each other. And for me, that's so important to have that support and that laughter and good vibes. For me, it just makes me blossom. When I walk away from someone that I've been out with the whole night, if I leave feeling better than I showed up, that's an indication for me of what kind of nourishment that person is for me. But if I walk away feeling depleted, that person may not be who I need in my life because for me, that's what you call an energy vampire. So removing energy vampires out of my life, you know, it was, it's been challenging to do, especially if some people are close to me over the years, it's a necessity for my overall health. So that's definitely the second way. And the last way is just carving out time for myself and whether that's reading or going to the beach or a hike or a walk, it's just, being and being still and just connecting. Now, have you always been a hiker or is this something new in adult years? Um, since I've been living in Vancouver, which will be nine years in August, which I can't even believe, um, I've become a progressive hiker over the years. I think as my fitness levels increased and my confidence has increased on going on some of these hikes, I am so scared of bears. That's the truth. Um, so I, I, I do write about this and my mom gets concerned every time she sees my Instagram stories and messages me to make sure I contact her because she's worried a cougar or something's going to gobble me up on the mountain. But, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I haven't always been one. I think it's something I always longed for, but when you, when you don't see yourself in that physical condition or with that athletic ability, you're not really sure what you can do. So over the years, I think the skill and the confidence has accumulated, which has brought me to allowing myself to do the things I've always wanted to do. That's so funny. I remember, um, so I do a lot of hiking. I live in Ottawa now and I, I can just, you know, go to the Gatineau park every weekend. It's 30 minute drive away. And there are black bears in the park, but I never really I never really think about them because I've I've seen a ton of black bears my entire childhood growing up going to summer camp in Algonquin Park. Um, and even this past weekend, my boyfriend and I were canoe tripping and we, we don't carry bear spray in Ontario. We just, Mike carries a knife and I sing and yell loudly while, <laughs> while hiking. But we were in Alberta last September and I remember... Um, asking him, I was like, what happens if we see a grizzly? Like he, <laughs> he kept making fun of me. He's like, you stand there and put your arms above your head and you say, whoa, bear, whoa. And I was like, and, I was just, <laughs> and so I would hike the entire time yelling, whoa, bear, whoa. And I know locals were probably, probably looking at me like, there's the crazy tourist. <laughs> But I never want to be the the one that like turns a corner and comes smack dab into a bear's face. <laughs> no, because we know who's going to win. Yeah, me of course. <laughs> yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> I don't but, even. Oh lord. <laughs> and I am thankfully that you know my Alberta adventures are always with Mike, and he carries the bear spray. But I don't even. I need to learn how to use it myself, just in case. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hit yourself you will be no good to the, to, you know, shooting the bear with some spray. That's for sure. There's this, what is it? It's like a, a YouTube video that's going around with this woman that was 
um, she was spraying the bear, but the bear was like way too far away for the spray. And you can just see. Yeah. And so I probably will be, would be that lady. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you don't find a bear then. <laughs> no. um, awesome. Okay. So I love how you nourish yourself. And I do love when guests come on and have like an all encompassing view because it isn't just about food. Although I know people are always curious about how we fuel ourselves, but it's about so many other things. So, okay. I want to get into when you switched from standard fitness competition, you know, training one body part a day to CrossFit, like how did you discover it and what do you love about it? Well, I would say, so I think it was maybe a year and a half before I even got into the bodybuilding scene. So we're talking like 2009. I was on this, um, this, I needed to find something that I physically liked because I wanted to exercise. I, I did to make some changes in my body and get healthier, but I didn't like anything, like anything. So I thought there's no way I'm the only person in the world that doesn't like exercising. This is impossible. I was like, did I, I was born without the exercise gene. Okay. We got to change this. So I tried any workout class I could possibly get my hands on. And my gym was offering this one class and I'm not even sure if it was called CrossFit at the time, but I went in and it felt like the worst hell 30 minutes ever. And, but after I was done, I realized like I wasn't thinking about anything during that time, but what I was doing in the moment. And at that time I really liked it. And I started continuing on with it probably for another year and a half. Then I got into competing and realized I couldn't do both. So then I gave up that went to competing. And then here we are about five years after in the bodybuilding world, I lost complete passion for working, working out solo at the gym and working, you know, one body part at a time. I was bored and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I was choosing to clean my house, which I don't prefer to clean. I mean, I will clean, but it's not my preference, but I was cleaning my house in, in avoidance of going to the gym. That's when I knew <laughs> something is not right here. So I just knew it was time to, for a change and it was a time for a change for everything. It was a time to walk away from comp prep life, um, types of types of eating and that type of thing, as well as the bodybuilding training. And I walked away from it all. And I went back to CrossFit because I knew that I enjoyed it before and I wanted to be in a community setting where I could find like-minded people. So I joined a CrossFit box and there's a great group of people there. You know, we're all so different, different ages, different jobs. But when we come together, there's this like deep gutted laughing that takes place like the whole time. And you could be the last one finishing your workout and everybody is there cheering you on. It's so hard to explain how so many different people could come together and work so fabulous together, but it works. And we've become friends. And now not only do we train together, but we're out together on the weekends. So it's really worked well in that aspect. Yeah. It's like you're craving community. Yeah, I think it really was. And I find, I found now that I am stronger than I've ever been in those last five years. Um, I perform better now. I'm less scared to try and lift heavier. And there's just something about 
that CrossFit community that's allowed me to push through barriers that I was holding myself back. And that was my own fault sticking in something that I had lost passion for. You know, I stayed in there probably a year and a half too long, but that's okay. You know, you live and you learn. I'm the type of person that lives through experience and learns through experience. So now I, I started with three weeks, three days a week of CrossFit and I started loving it so much that I changed my membership to full time. And it was getting to a point where I had to force myself to take a day off. And that might not sound weird to you, but it sounded weird to me because anytime I ever saw online, people were like, Oh, woe is me. It's my day off. I'm so bored. And I was like, what are you talking about your day off? I was like, enjoy it. I never understood that mentality because for me, it was took more effort to go to the gym than to take a day off day off. I was like in celebration, but I, because I found something that I truly liked and was seeing benefits. Also, um, I'm sure you've seen, I switched over to using flexible dieting as well. And both of those things allowed me to feel so free in my fitness journey for the first time in probably the first time in my life where I felt completely free, free and in control and in charge. And on top of it all, it didn't feel like so much effort for the, um, like the results that I was getting. No. And the body, like the vanity side of body, bodybuilding probably was just as easy to get the body that you were like, looked in the mirror and you're like, oh, I still look really good naked. Like there's something to this. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I, I switched from competing to obstacle course racing. And I remember after like my first serious year of training and racing, I was, I looked in the mirror. I'm like, I never looked this good when I was competing. <laughs> so, um, right. And um, you're just doing your thing. Yeah. Now question the, um, the sponsorships that you landed, did you land them near the end of competition world or did you land them after you left competition world? Um, I landed officially, it was after I left competition world. That's what I thought. And yeah, whenever people ask me, cause I, I landed a sponsorship that I had for ye like years and I, j I just, um, I parted ways with them because I, I can't, um, ingest whey proteins. So there was no, there was no point in me continuing. I was like, can you make a vegan one? Like I'll stay with you if you create a vegan one. Um, but I had landed it like after my last competition and I was the only athlete on the roster that didn't compete. Um, I was, the, well, I was the only one competing in, uh, obstacle course races. Everybody else was fitness competitions. And I remember people reaching out to me and being like, why are you sponsored? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I hear you on that because that is often a question that I also get too. And I think that's another, another piece to why, um, reaching out, not only because I love the brand, but reaching out to Occam Nutrition was because I checked out their athletes on their roster and they had athletes who were figure skaters. Some were competitors. We have now um, a girl who's America Ninja Warrior. We have a Spartan race, like professional athlete on ours now. So seeing a variety of athletes being sponsored on the team and in addition learning that ON's biggest priority for us is to live a healthy lifestyle first. And supplementing our healthy lifestyle comes second. Mm, that's so awesome. it, 
it's great to be supported in that aspect with whatever we choose to do. It's about living a healthy life. And if I was, I wouldn't want to be with, um, a a company or a brand that is putting me, you know, in a position where I have to do something that is not putting my health in the best position. And, And of course, and that's not saying that some people aren't healthy that compete. I'm sure that competing can be done in healthier ways, but um, yeah, so no, they, they sponsor a variety of, of athletes, which is fantastic. Okay. So we could probably end up chatting forever, but I want to make sure I'm being cognizant of the listener's time. So, um, let's just quickly touch upon if you have built up any stress during the day, do you have any kind of like evening routine habits that you love to do? Yeah. So definitely working out. I realize that's a huge, huge key to decompressing. So CrossFit for sure. Um, unless I'm totally burnt and then I will just lounge. Um, but aside from that, um, an Epsom salt bath and, um, also sleepy time tea before bed, which is always nice. My mom used to make that for me all the time. Um, and I have like boxes of it in my in my pantry. Um, but oh, I, really? yeah, it's just like, it's the chamomile, right? Like it's so yeah. lovely. It's great. And it, and it works. So there's that. And sometimes it will be like a, like a lavender spray in the bedroom just to calm, you know, and read. Those are my main things. I just, I tune into how I'm feeling and I adjust accordingly. What type of books do you read? Oh, I always, always read self-help. I'm a self-help junkie. Junkie, yeah, same. Yes, I am. And a friend of mine joked with me and she said, you are the last person that needs a self-help book. Why are you reading so many? I said, I love it. It's the psychology behind it. And it's about learning things about yourself. So right now I'm on my last Brene Brown book. And I'm getting prepared for her new release in September, which I cannot wait to get my hands on. Shut up. This is, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know there was a new one coming out. <laughs> yes, I believe it's September 13th that it's coming out. I think this episode is going to air afterwards. So I'm, <laughs> it's gonna, um, everybody that's listening is already going to know about the book and they're going to laugh at me. <laughs> uh, they'll probably read it. That's yeah. okay. Um, but it's, it's part of the definition that I've built in to the definition that alpha females are constantly striving for better. And we just never want to be complacent and get stagnant in any area of our our lives. So we're obsessed with self development. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, cool. Um, So as an alpha female, sometimes we have to deal with pain points, whether it's our personality, how we're perceived in the world, or how we manage our like, need for perfection or overachievement. So what's something that you're solving for in your life right now? I I would have to say the biggest piece that I'm working through, but still need to continue working through is letting go of, of the idea that my actions can control other people obtaining happiness in their lives. So for me, it's, it's, oh, it's like, it weighs really heavy on my heart when there's people in my life that are either family or friends or maybe even acquaintance. And I know 
things that could help them because either I've experienced it or maybe I've learned about it. And I, I want to help them get to that place where they feel good in their life and they can start conquering things. But I, I've learned that it can't come from me and I can't do that for anyone because sometimes it's a lot easier for people to feel safe where they are and not go through that hardship and work through whatever it is that they need to work through. And I think that's the biggest piece, trying to convince somebody that they need to go into the fire to come out feeling better than they've ever felt. That's a really difficult conversation. And I don't have control over that. And so just letting go of that piece, because it would be really, it would be awesome. Like it's my wish to see all the people in my life be as amazing as they possibly can. And just to, you know, grab life and, and do what feels best to them. Mm -hmm. And it's hard too, because as um, you and I are both side hustlers outside of the full-time job. And what we do is we take what we learn and then we teach it. And in the online entrepreneurial world, business coaches are constantly saying, find your audience. And your audience is you a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. So it's, it's you at that point. And so you're like, I know what it's going to take you to get from A to B. And here's the rainbow that will get you to that pot of gold if you just follow all these steps. But until somebody has the aha moment or hits rock bottom or gets made fun of online or something, um, until they have that thing that clicks in their mind and changes their mindset, as long as we're here constantly putting out content and being like, I'll be ready for you when you're ready. Um, but it is, it's true. Like you're like, okay, Kay, are you ready to do it now? Like, I'm ready to hold your hand. I'm ready to hold your hand. I'm ready to hold your hand. Uh, yeah. And we can also appear to be like way too like eager beaver for some people because we're ready to hold their hands way before they're ready. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just about being at peace with, with that. And, and, you know, uh, one thing I was reading Brene's book recently, it was talking about false guilt. And that's feeling guilty for someone else and something that's happened in their life, which isn't your guilt. But I think so much of our society, especially within family dy dynamics, can function on guilt. And being able to walk away from that and know if you have no involvement in something, it's it's okay not to feel guilt or operate on guilt. Mm, that's so true. All right. My favorite question of the show. Please tell us how you define happiness. Okay. This is like such a complex question. <laughs> right. And that, def that definitely had me um, scratching my head because it's so vast and I could talk about it for a while, but I'm going to read it straight from my notes so that I don't miss a beat here and uh, don't uh, talk longer than your listeners need to be on here for. So in my opinion, Happiness is living mindfully, authentically, and allowing yourself to feel and welcome what life has to offer. When we live according to our values and pursue our goals, we are able to experience the flow of happiness. And as much as I wish happiness was a constant in our life, I know this is impossible without enduring sadness. We need times of sadness 
in order to recognize moments of happiness. And because we can lean into sadness, we're better able to catch happiness when it's in the air. So happiness makes you feel alive in the present. Oh my gosh, perfect. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in this world, for how you're showing up and how you're living authentically. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Likewise, Robin, thanks so much for reaching out. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.